Hello, and welcome to the Who Says No podcast, where we have actual NBA basketball on the court, and we already have one COVID-related postponement, maybe more by the time this airs. My name is Colin Ward-Henninger. I am an NBA writer for CBSSports.com. Joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, Sam Quinn, another writer at CBSSports.com. How are you doing today, Sam? You know what I love about having you as a co-host, Colin? I'm really bad at introductions. You're perfectly willing to panic with me after one night of games, because that's what we're doing here. We're just throwing the panic button on a team that maybe we shouldn't, historically speaking. But you know what? I am prone to overreactions, and I'm glad that you're willing to indulge. Yeah, so the team that that Sam is, you know, uh, not so subtly talking about is the Golden State Warriors, who looked just absolutely atrocious in their opening night game against the Nets. I mean, on top of everything, Kevin Durant just stuck it to them, and it was clear that they are they are a, a cut below anybody uh, who can be considered a contender uh, in the NBA. But it's they're one not going to make the playoffs. Like they're a lottery team right now. See, this is what I'm talking about. We'll get into this later. But like, okay. remember, there is the play-in, so <laughs> keep that in mind. Imagine being the Warriors and thinking, "Hey, you know what? If we can get to that 10 seed, we can make this some thing that was Designed for like Memphis and like, oh, I like Tom Gores wants to like tell his season ticket holders they had a good season, so they made the play-in for him. And no, no, the first year we're doing it, it's Stephen Curry. Steph Curry in the play-in game. Give me that all I day. Mean, that would be really exciting. If we could get, like, Steph versus John Morant, like, that'd be fun. So let's just quickly set the stage here. So the Warriors played awful. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre shot, like, a combined six for 100. It, it was really bad. The defense was terrible. It reminded me so much of last season's opener, which was, like, a million years ago. But it's kind of the same thing, right? Clay was out. Durant was gone. Everybody's kind of wondering what the Warriors would look like. And they figured, you know, hey, they got Steph. They got Draymond. They should still be able to be competitive. And they came out, and they got absolutely waxed by the Clippers. They, they got waxed a couple times that week before Steph ended up getting hurt. But that, the energy around the opener this year against the Nets really reminded me of that because it was kind well, of the same talk, right? Like, So, yeah. here's the thing. It wasn't just opening night last year. In the four games, up to and including Steph's injury, they were minus 47. Like, they were getting killed that it entire was period until they lost Steph. And then they lose again that badly on opening night to the Nets. I'm just sort of thinking, I get that five games isn't a huge sample, but maybe without Clay and without all their depth and without Durant, like maybe they're just not that good. Yeah, and they didn't have Draymond against the Nets, but it's hard to imagine Draymond making up 48 points or whatever they lost by. So well, like, anyway, they're they're still athletic, but like, what's Draymond gonna do? Are you gonna switch everything and just you know let them pick on Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre? Like, yeah, I don't I think, know what he really brings. I guess well, the ball handling is nice. Yeah, offensively, you get, you know, a, a passer and a ball handler, an IQ guy who, you know, they clearly don't seem to have outside of Steph. And then defensively, you get the quarterback, right? The guy who's who's communicating, telling people who to go where. So I think it goes beyond his, his physical abilities as a defender. I think it's more just having him on the court, keeping everybody centered. But, I mean, okay, that's I'm not going to make gonna, a prediction yeah, right here. Too. Before the trade deadline, we will we do at least one episode focusing on getting Draymond to an actual contender. Wow. I'm not saying who. I'm not saying when. I'm just. I think this is going to go so far south that we have to like actually think about that. This is this is what the overreaction pods are for, man. You're just throwing. You're just throwing. Do you want to trade Steph while we're at it? You want to do some- opening night is the best, man. Remember last year when LeBron was washed. 
Well, I mean, he he used that to to his advantage the entire year with his hashtag Wash King. Well, what's it this year? Wash Chef? Chefs should be washed, by the way. They should be clean. If they're handling our food, we'd want them to be sanitary. You know, funny story. I have actually uh, passed my my serve safe food handling certification. I have that because uh, I worked at my wife's bakery for a while and you have to do it. So I know all about it. You know, first in, first out. So you're a washed podcast host, essentially. (laughs) We're six episodes in and you're already washed. That's going to be my hashtag from now on. I'm going to be like, who had the better trade? They're going to be like, Sam, like hashtag washed podcast host. Yeah. But but anyway, the point of this podcast is that we are both completely panicking about the Warriors and we want to fix them or come as close as we can to fixing them. So each of us has come up with a trade. I got one. Sam's got one. And, you know, hopefully by the end of this, we can figure out what direction the Warriors need to go in. And, you know, maybe they come out their next game on Christmas and absolutely blow out the Bucks. But I don't see that happening. So, Sam, why don't you kick us off and, and give us your trade that's going to fix the Warriors? So I want to just stress, I don't know that the Warriors are fixable outside of a certain somebody who we will get to in a little bit. I think there's not really a trade on the market right now that can get them from wherever it is they are right now, which to me is like, 10th, 11th, 12th in the West, up to like respectable playoff team um, without like really gutting the future. But I think this is something that would at least make the offense more functional, maybe get it back up to like a top six, top seven level. What about Tamar DeRozan for Andrew Wiggins? The Warriors would send their 2026 first round pick to the Spurs. I'm going to go top 10 protection. What do you think before we dive in? First thoughts is... Okay, I see where you're coming from with, with DeRozan in terms of the offense, right? It's it's clear that they need someone else who can just get a bucket. They were struggling to do that with Steph even on the court, let alone when he was off the court. So uh, I, I definitely get that part. DeRozan's an expiring contract, right? So the Spurs have yeah. some motivation to get something for him. Uh, well, and they, they get younger too. Like Greg Popovich is one of the few coaches who I think would actually enjoy having Andrew Wiggins. Like he doesn't care about mid-range jumpers. Like take all you want. I think Pop would actually enjoy the challenge of turning him into a real NBA player. And they're so young anyway that, like, getting off of DeRozan now, like, Wiggins fits their timeline. You know, maybe you shift more of the offense towards the young guys. It's easier to stick Wiggins on the bench if he's doing Wiggins things than, you know, putting DeRozan there. I kind of like this for both sides. The issue I keep having is how much better does DeRozan really make the Warriors? Because he certainly gives them the extra on-ball threat that they need, but... Do I really want to put DeMar DeRozan on that defense? Not that much. Yeah, I think, it, it, I mean, it's almost, uh, uh, it's a little bit better, but almost a lateral move in terms of Wiggins and DeRozan, right? Because you're getting a similar style oh. player. Maybe DeRozan's a little more efficient. DeRozan's the good version of it. Right, but it's, a, it's it occupies the same space, and neither one of them is really a good defender at this point, unless I'm well, wrong. The aggregate, well, the aggregate shooting, too, is still pretty bad. Like, if you're starting Curry... With DeRozan, Oubre, Draymond, and Center X, I guess it is going to be Wiseman for the future. That's no good three-point shooters unless you really think you can get DeRozan to take threes alongside right. Curry. And that was one of the problems in the Brooklyn game, right? They had no space. I was thinking about that, though, because remember that one season in Toronto when DeRozan started shooting some threes? And well, like, he, it went pretty well. I mean, he didn't he shoot great. He his toe but... in the water. Yeah. But the thing is, then he goes to San Antonio and he stops. Meanwhile, Marcus Aldridge, for years, we keep hearing he's going to shoot threes, he's going to shoot threes. It never happened until finally last year it happened. I'm wondering, how did Pop get Aldridge to do that, but he can't get DeRozan to? 
Well, that's what's making me wonder if if he did end up in Golden State. You know, so his last season with the Raptors before he got traded, he took three and a half threes a game. That was by far the most that he's taken in his career. And he made 31%, which is not great. But if you could get him at, you know, three and a half, four a game, I think that's that's pretty solid. And he's a guy who clearly is one of the best mid-range shooters in the game. So you would think that he would be able to make at least a decent percentage of them. So I don't know. Well, there's Curry gravity there. There's Kerr's movement, which they did not have in Toronto. Like, I don't think it would be infeasible to say he gets up to like league average, but anything beyond that, I think is kind of a stretch. And and here's the other question is, what are you doing with DeRozan after this? Is this a stopgap uh, where you let him walk and just hope that Clay comes back well, healthy and, and everything's fixed? Or are you trying to make him a, you know, a part of your future? I'm trying to keep him for the next two, three, four years, however long they plan to keep this core together. Remember, even before Durant, like they had trouble scoring late in games in the playoffs. You know, the, the Steph Draymond pick and roll is obviously incredible. But once defenses kind of figured that out, they really lacked in that Cleveland finals, especially the guy like Durant, who could just make his own shot. Didn't matter what the defense was doing. DeRozan is not Kevin Durant, but he can make his own shot against pretty much anybody. Right. Like how many guys out there that have reasonable trade values that the Warriors could actually go out and get? can actually be like a fourth quarter closer. There aren't many. Yeah, and it's probably one of those situations where DeRozan might be even a little underrated at this point just because, you know, of analytics and, you know, he doesn't shoot threes and all that stuff. But, I mean, this is he's like one of those guys that that when you talk to, like, other players or, like, former players, they'll be like, yeah, like, that dude gets buckets. I remember hearing about, like, uh, I was talking to Rip Hamilton. It was a long time ago, and Rudy Gay was a – up for a, uh, he was a free agent. And I'm like, oh, does anybody really want Rudy Gay? And Rip Hamilton's like, that dude will get you 20. Like, yes, people want him. People like that don't just walk around. So uh, I think DeRozan, like, to your point, having a guy like that on your team is is always valuable. I guess the question is, are, like, did, in order to make this deal, like, do the Warriors have to be just, like, like out on Wiggins? Just like, this is never going to happen? Well, yes, because... Wiggins is not, he's, first of all, he's their main salary filler, right? Like when we were talking about number two overall pick trades, it was always Wiggins plus number two for whatever. So if they're making this trade, it's kind of an admission. Like this is our team. The core is Curry, DeRozan, Draymond, Clay when he comes back, Wiseman, maybe you keep Uber, maybe you trade him. But like, basically you're saying this is our team. If you're getting DeRozan, you pretty much have to resign him. Otherwise it's a wasted asset. Um, but if they're, if we're saying they're out on Wiggins, like, is that so crazy? What has Andrew Wiggins done to make you think he's going to be a core piece for them? Well, it worked again, recency bias. He works. He's coming off one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. Okay. Like I saw him him play many great games. I saw him. He had some, some potential last year after he came over. Uh, He, the guy's averaged 20 points for his career. He averaged 24 points a game one year. Like he's not going to shoot one for 11 every game. Like, He's going to have some ups and downs, and I, you know, the hope is that you in the Warriors system can kind of work, you know, work him in. It's not going to be overnight, but eventually he'll become a, you know, a, a part of their roster that's helpful. And I think really what the Warriors are concerned about at this juncture is they're they're not blind, like right, they're seeing what everyone else is seeing. How, you know, maybe the Steph Clay Draymond thing won't be able to to last very long. So they've got Wiseman, right? They got, uh, I guess they think Pascal's going to be a good player. I'm, I'm kind of out on him. But like, I guess what I'm saying is Wiggins 
as a 25 year old is kind of part of that bridge the gap to the next kind of generation that that might be able to be competitive and if you get rid of him for an older player who even if he is part of your future is still going to be you know aging what does that mean for the future of your team well when you can clearly see that kind of the writings on the wall that you're not going to be a championship contender well, for much longer let me just take it a step further here like should the warriors be trying to prove improve at all because right now they owe their top 20 protected pick to oklahoma city in the Kelly Oubre trade. If they get better, they might end up giving up that pick. If they stand pat, like, is it so crazy to think they go into the lottery with like the ninth best odds right now? I'm not saying that's what I think is going to happen. I'm just asking, is that crazy to think? Especially like, what if Steph or Draymond gets hurt again and is out for a while? Like that pick this year, if they keep it, might be really valuable. And then all of a sudden you're looking at, well, we have Wiseman, we have Minnesota's pick, we have our very good pick. We have Wiggins who's still you're right, 25, like young enough to maybe be something. I don't think he ever will. But if nothing else, in two years, you have a big expiring. Like, maybe we just say, you know what? Like, screw Steph. Screw Draymond. Like, we're playing for the future here. Like, is that such a crazy perspective? Do they have to try to get better? Is, that, is it like, do they owe it to them? How dare you? Screw Steph. Screw Draymond. What is this? What's happening on this podcast? Well, if you want to go the other way, I can off, I can do my thank you Steph trade. Is this trading Steph Curry? No. Okay. This is this is what you do if your whole perspective is we owe it to Steph, to Draymond, and to Clay to do everything in our power to try to contend. Ooh, I'm excited. This is the trade that I've wanted all as long as this is like seemed like it was on the table. I've wanted this for a long time. Just go all in and make the James Harden offer, guys. Like, just do it. If you have Steph Harden and Draymond, you could contend this year. When you get Clay back next year, like you might be one of the favorites if he's healthy. Just do it. Just give up all of your picks. Just give up Wiseman. Give up the Minnesota pick. You know, do whatever you need to do. Like, we're going to bring up here's our Stepian rule mention of the day. Um, ding, 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 have, ding, ding. Their future picks are very, very valuable because all of their best players are old. So I would presume if they went to Houston and said, like, you want our 2026 or our 2027 pick? They might say, like, yeah, we're pretty into that. The only issue is because they owe a pick in 21 and a pick in 24, it's very hard to make work from a Stepien perspective. So I guess here's the way you do it. You unprotect the pick that you owe to Memphis in 24. Then you can trade your 26 pick and do swap rights in 25 and 27. Like, that's the idea. That's where you're giving Houston all of your pick value. You're giving them Wiseman who, like, didn't look great in the opener, but he's athletic, has a future. You know, he was number two pick. Oh, if, you, if you ask the Warriors uh, fans, he looked great. All right. He was the lone right spot. Like, he scored like 12 uh, points in garbage time and everybody's going insane. I know Wiseman is the real deal. He had this dunk in the first quarter where like it looked he was going to hit his head on the basket because he was still rising as he dunked it. And it looked like he could have jumped another three feet. I'm excited for him. He's athletic. I'm not super crazy about his upside i don't think he's ever a star but you know there's something there it doesn't seem like there's a great james harden offer on the table i don't think houston would be that scared of taking on wiggins they took on john wall so why not just throw everything at houston and get james harden that's what i would do that's the we owe this to Stephen draymond move i don't know if bringing james harden into your locker room is ever a good thing for anybody but i do see what you're saying how you know what else isn't a good thing for your locker room? Bringing in bad players. <laughs> and that's what they've done. 
It is weird. It's it's weird to. Th- I mean, it must be weird for them, like for Steph and and for Draymond to go through. You know, at least Steph was hurt last year. Draymond Draymond kind of had to pretend to play. It and happened just like, so fast. Too. Yeah, it's like, like you're okay, being the finals five straight years, and all of a sudden it's just, what is this? What what, well, what like, is around me? Wasn't Ron Harper on the '99 Bulls? Like, imagine being the one holdover after Jordan and Pippen left. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. But they still think that they can be competitive. So anyway, your your DeRozan trade. You never asked me the the magic question. Okay, who says no? I think the Warriors say no, and it's. Only because I think that Wiggins and, and DeRozan are relatively similar players, even though DeRozan's better. And I think that Wiggins is younger and they don't want to give up a pick. But So I think the Warriors say no, too, but for slightly different reasons. I just don't think the Warriors would be comfortable committing to a team with DeRozan as like the fourth guy. I think if they're going to make whatever their big trade is, they want to keep all of their picks holstered and say, like, why take DeRozan now when in maybe a year we can be the Bradley Beal team or we can be the team for whoever the big star ends up being. The Warriors are just so ambitious that I could never see them compromising on DeRozan. So I think they would ultimately say no. But if the idea is let's get up to remotely decent this year, let's make the playoffs, I think it's a good trade. Yeah, I agree with you. I still think the Warriors say no. That's fine. I agree. Moving on. Uh, I have a trade for you, my friend. So you're talking about DeMar DeRozan, big name, you know, all-star, well-known around the league. Maybe what the Warriors need isn't another star. Maybe what they need is just to kind of bolster what they have to add to what they've got. So here's my trade that I'm proposing. Again, it's Andrew Wiggins on the way out. This is assuming that we Every just Warriors think- trade has to have Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> That's you just, just think it's not going to happen, right? We just, it's not, you know. Well, it's way. kind of a common sense thing, right? Because their only other salaries, they can't trade Ubre yet. They have to wait out the aggregation window. And, like, is somebody going to take Kevon Looney? No. Like, that's their salary to trade. It's Andrew Wiggins. Poor Looney. This guy gets goes from being talked about as a an integral part of the Warriors culture and, and, you know, fabric. And now he's just like, man, he can barely move on the court. I loved that guy. Even, like, last offseason when he was getting mid-level offers, I was the one saying, like, you know, the Celtics, it'd be really smart of them to use their mid-level on Kevon Looney. It's just, it's gone so far downhill. I just don't trust him to stay healthy at all. Yeah, and when he signed his deal, everybody's like, oh, great deal to lock up Looney. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I think that's about fair market value. But anyway. Well, the other funny thing about that deal is that they had the hard cap all year, and you just, like, they're shuffling in 10 days, and they're, like, carefully monitoring the days for their two-way guys. Like, meanwhile, you could have just let Kevon Looney walk, and this wouldn't have been an issue at all. He's a great guy, though. Great for, the, great for the locker room. But anyway, this trade does not involve Looney. So Wiggins, we're going to send him to the Sacramento Kings. And in return, I'm coming home, coming home. Harrison Barnes. You stole my joke. <laughs> coming back to the Warriors. Beloved in the Bay. He'll fit in. He's a veteran. He knows how to play. High IQ. And along with him... We're going to bring in Nemanja Bielica, sharp shooting power forward. The Kings just have a glut of forwards and centers that they don't have nothing to do with. So uh, he's on an expiring deal. They'll send him over with Barnes. And in exchange, they'll get the opportunity to mold young Andrew Wiggins into the star that he's always been destined to be. Sam Quinn, who you, says no? You hear yourself. You sound like you're selling an internship by saying we pay you an experience. No, you got to pay the Kings an asset. 
We're not. They're not making this trade if they're not getting a pick. What is a better asset than a 25-year-old who's averaged 26, 25 points in an NBA season? Andrew Wiggins averaged 25. That did not happen. 24.3 or something like that. I looked. I'm looking up. this up. There's it's no real. way. It's real. Okay. It was like but, the year before Jimmy Butler got there. <laughs> they were terrible. Well, okay. Wiggins is 25. Harrison Barnes is 28. Like it's not like the gap is that huge from an age perspective. You didn't even know that until I told you before the podcast. Because I was so surprised he wasn't 37 years old. Well, no, my thing is either he's 19 like Jason Tatum and he's just never going to age, or he's 45 and this is his last year in the NBA. Every player is in that is one of those two extremes. 23.6 per game. But anyway, we, we digress. Close enough. Do you realize how big the gap is in these contracts? I think people think that, oh, Harrison Barnes has a bad contract, Wiggins has a bad contract, bad contracts are equal. No, That's what I think. they're very, very far apart. Wiggins is owed $94 million. Barnes on a descending deal is owed $60 million. That's a big gap. All right, but counterpoint, what are the Kings doing with Harrison Barnes? Right. What what should the Kings be doing right now? Developing young young talent and being bad so that they can get good draft picks. Harrison Barnes hurts both of those prospects. Great locker room guy, obviously going to help. But at a certain point, if you have the opportunity to get a, a, a promising young player like Andrew Wiggins in exchange for a guy who you're probably overpaying, even if his contract isn't as bad as Wiggins, uh, why are you keeping that guy on the roster? Wiggins may blossom into something. If not, he makes you a little bit worse, and you get a better draft pick. I, I think it makes sense from both sides. And Bielitsa, as I said, expiring, cost of doing business. If you want to get a blue chipper like Wiggins, you gotta you got to throw something in. Okay. What is a worse chip than blue? Like, what's the bad color? Is it like a purple chip or is a that- yellow chip? I, need I to, don't know. I need to check my high school recruiting Are there profile. Tears I was the I was the worst chip. A gray chip? I think it's a gray chip. That's what Wiggins is at this point. Especially like when you're a draft prospect and you're 25, you're basically old and gray. So anyway, the tra- yeah. the timing of this podcast is making the Wiggins sell a little bit difficult. And even I, you know, I'm I'm selling Wiggins now. But when you're proposing your trade, I was in the same boat as you. I'm like, I'm not trading DeRozan for Wiggins. What am I going to do that for? Exactly. Like, I wouldn't mind if the Kings traded Harrison Barnes. Frankly, I think that'd be smart for them. But trading Harrison Barnes for a worse asset without getting something in return makes no sense to me, especially when Nemanja Bielitsa could probably get you, like, two second-round picks at the deadline. Nemanja okay, Biel- so so what, what if we what if we negotiate a little bit? What, what, what if I throw you that 2026 pick that you're talking about? Now I say the Warriors say no because Harrison Barnes isn't worth the first round pick. Well, that's too much. Okay, so what if what about like some future second? How about that? I just maybe several seconds. I might think about it. Even then, I just look at this from the Kings' perspective. And your best player, De'Aaron Fox, is not a very good shooter. I just why am I bringing in Andrew Wiggins and cramping the floor for him? I guess there are teams where it would make sense to bring in Wiggins. I don't think Sacramento is one of them. Unless they're committed to like a several-year tank, and the fact that they signed us on Whiteside means that they might be. But for now, I would just let's keep it going. Barnes can help the development of our young guys. Good guy to have in the locker room, as you said. I just I don't get it for them. I love it for the Warriors if they're not giving up a first-round pick. Like, really makes their rot their rotation make more sense. It adds the shooting that they sorely need. Helps them on defense. Like that's a great trade for the Warriors. I just don't think the Kings are doing it. 
Can you please take the fork out of the side of Hassan Whiteside? You're just like skewering this guy every single. This has nothing to do with him. Leave Hassan Whiteside alone, all right? Was it the, the guy, first possession in overtime tonight where he took the, the elbow jumper? The guy's almost single-handedly won the overtime. game. If he doesn't come in after those two guys foul out, the Kings don't win that game. They're not. They're not in position. But well, I just I think if, if Hassan Whiteside and Andrew Wiggins were on the same team, NBA Twitter might just that might be the end of it. Yeah, but okay, like, so that might just be like cyberbullying to an extreme. Even the NBA couldn't couldn't take. The NBA loves cyberbullying, but let's so like look look at what the Kings when they were starting to have some success under Dave Yeager. What were they doing? They were playing super fast, right? Athletic, get out on the break, use Fox's speed. Since Luke Walton's gotten there, they played slower and they've been worse. So I think Wiggins fits into that. You know, uh, that's what the Warriors are trying to do with him right now. Like, let's get him out in transition. Let's use him on cuts. Let's take full advantage of, of his athleticism, that sort of thing. So I, I think he'll fit. Obviously, you know, we talked about off the air that he'd be going to a, a Houston Rockets disciple front office guy who probably loads Andrew Wiggins with the fire of a thousand suns. But yeah, if Vladdy were the GM, they might do this. That's what I'm talking about. You know, this is when I first saw the GM. Vladdy will never be another GM. But Vivek's still there. Word on the street I, is he has a lot of, he likes to have a lot of influence on the front office. I'm going to just, the new GM was hired like, what, three months ago? <laughs> like, I get the idea that Vivek might get, you know, might poke his fingers into some things. I don't think he's going to do it after three months. I don't know. My point is, if you, I don't know what you're doing with Harrison Barnes. Um, if you can get a better deal for him, fine. But if you, think that you can be, you know, the franchise that that helps turn Andrew Wiggins around, which I still think he's capable of doing. I don't see the the problem with getting him and you know, incidentally you might get worse. Throwing in okay, well, might be a little much if you don't get a pick though. You actually just talked me into like a minor reason the Kings might be into this. Vivek was a former part owner of the Warriors. Everything he's done with the Kings has been in imitation of the Warriors. So I wonder if he'd look at Wiggins and be like, yeah, he's a former warrior. Like Maybe I'll talk to some of my guys there, see what they think of him. And then all the people he knows in Golden State will be like, oh, yeah, Wiggins is great. Like, we'd hate to give him up, but for Barnes, just might have to. Oh, yeah. They'd talk him up. This would just be like, great, great guy, work ethic through the roof. You know, He's just that. about to break out. Don't you worry. He's. You should see this guy in practice. 65 straight three-pointers from the corner. <laughs> Never misses. So – I, I just want to bring this back philosophically for a second. I mean, it seems at this point like we're not going to agree to a trade. So let's say there isn't a move on the table here that can fix things. Like, what happens? What is this season for the Warriors? Because we only got four games of it last year, and then almost mercifully it ended with the step injury. Obviously, we wouldn't have wanted Steph to get hurt, but like at least that gave them an excuse. What happens if they just have the eighth worst record with Steph and Draymond healthy? Well, I think you just you just talk yourself into Clay coming back healthy, and that's you know you say if we have those three healthy, we're going to be a championship contender. And I'm open you know, to that, like yeah. especially when maybe they sign and trade Ubre for something. Like maybe with two years left, Wiggins becomes more tradable. Like I think there are ways that they could talk themselves into contention with a healthy Clay next year. But I'm just I'm wondering at what point, like what needs to happen for them to say like this is over, this is done. Like, if they're bad this year and then Clay comes back and he's not the same next year, like, are we at the 2022 trade deadline with Steph on an expiring contract wondering, is it time to start thinking about it? Well, they got to extend Steph, right? I mean, that's... We've heard the talks, but they haven't made a deal yet. 
He's he's got. It. I mean, if anybody's a warrior for life, it's Steph Curry. I, listen, I, I agree. I'm just he hasn't signed yet, so I'm just wondering: is there yeah. a point at which they would say like, this has gone too far? It's time for us to start thinking about whatever the next thing is. And I think if Steph went to them and said, I'll be here through a rebuild. Don't worry. I want to be here. They would say, we, we respect that and we'll keep you. But I think if Steph kind of went to them and said, like, look, I'd like to contend my last few years, I think they would definitely oblige. I would imagine that they view themselves as like the Warriors view themselves as kind of like the Lakers where they did, you know, had those down years and basically did everything wrong in the front office and still ended up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and won an NBA title. So well, obviously not the same scenario, but I feel like they think their culture, their, you know, Bay Area, all that stuff, progressive owner will be enough to keep them well, in the talks. That, for that's all well and good, but they have Draymond on $25 million a year or so for the next three years after this. Clay for the same length and even more money. And then if you're talking about extending staff, like, that's a max obligation on your books for the next five, six, seven years, depending on what the contract looks like. I don't know when they're going to have the space to go after a star free agent. Like, I'm not saying that they're going to go down the road that the Lakers did because Steph is probably going to age well, and they have these draft assets and they have Wiseman that like maybe they could do the Spurs thing and land their Kawhi and turn this around. But there's a dark, dark version of this where they're just not a good team this year. And Clay is not himself next year. And we're starting to have conversations like, do we really want to see Steph waste the end of his career on this scene? I mean, it's it's obviously there. And games like opening night make you think that it might be sooner than you think. But it's only one game. I know we like to overreact. But look, Wiggins can turn it around. Ubre can figure it out. Draymond's going to be back. Wiseman could progress. So... I think their biggest fear is probably that the Wolves are so bad that they get in the top three and they don't get that pick this year. Well, they're one and oh, they're undefeated right now. They have the best record in the NBA, in fact. So break up the Wolves. Sam Quinn, thank you so much. We decided to fix the Warriors, and the conclusion was we cannot fix the Warriors. But there's the plenty more outcome for one of the NBA's most fun teams. Plenty more year, plenty more overreactions to come. So uh, we'll have to do it again sometime, try to figure out how to fix another team. Thanks for joining me, Sam. Pleasure as always, Colin.